<laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of fun, isn't it? Individual was freaked out and ran across the parking lot. So I, I just pray right now, Lord, that you've done that supernatural sign and you're intending to do this for the sake of those that you're restoring to relationship with you and that you're making things right again. And so, Lord, right now, we just bind any enemy influences that might come against this individual. We ask for the saving knowledge of Christ to overtake them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Here's the second testimony. This is about a young man in his 30s. And um, there was uh, a crisis this week. We got a phone call at about 1.30 in the the middle of night on Wednesday. And this young man had a stage three heart block, which means that the um, lower heart and the upper heart are not beating in sync. They're, they're, They're not beating properly. It was a bunch of heartbeats that were skipped. Uh, it was a really critical condition. In ER, in ICU, get the call. We, we assembled some intercessors to pray. The di- immediate diagnosis was, well, this is stage three. You will not leave this hospital without a, um, what do you call it, a pacemaker. Um, because, you know, this needs to be reset, etc. We're going to run a battery of tests, see what might have caused this. But we've never seen anyone in stage three ever come out of a heart block like this, it's impossible to happen. So that was the diagnosis, Uh, prayer went on Thursday. Um, The condition actually improved somewhat Thursday night, improved even more Friday to the extent where it went from a stage three to a stage two to a stage one to almost better and they actually sent this individual home without a pacemaker to monitor for 30 days saying, and the doctors, there were three cardiologists working on this, and the lead cardiologist was geeking out, doing all this research, saying this is impossible, these things don't reset, we have no precedence, we're completely confused, there's no way this could absolutely reset itself, Uh, we've never seen anyone come out of the hospital with this condition. So they have left and they're attending church today, so we're excited. They're not attending here, by the way, but it's, um, it's exciting to just see, and, but God. So we actually felt, I wanted to partner with the word um, in the same faith that Scott used, saying, well, what would it take for God to give something supernatural that would actually get your attention to know that God is able to do anything? And the word was that there would be 10 days where there'd be unprecedented miracles. Both of these circumstances were I don't know if I've ever heard of a tattoo changing, uh, unprecedented. Um, and so um, I actually felt like we wanted to minister, if there's several of you in the room or even watching online, you can uh, dial into this online by just uh, maybe sending with your online pastor some thoughts. Um, but if you need a miracle of sorts and you've actually thought that in your mind, you've said, Lord, this is an impossible situation if I don't have a miracle, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I need a miracle on this situation. Both of these situations required a miracle and God answered both with a miracle. 
So if that is some of you, I'm gonna invite you to the front. You know that you need a miracle of sorts and it could be health-related, it could be heart-related. In fact, um, interestingly, one man's heart was healed. That was, yeah, you wanna hand that to me? This, one of our artists handed this to me uh, just a few minutes ago. And um, uh, this is a picture of God touching a heart and it's getting healed by the fire of God. And it's bringing forth new life and a, and a life on fire. And so we have an individual that's angry at God getting a miraculous thing that is literally confronting the wounds of his heart. And we literally have somebody with a, a natural incurable heart issue walking out of hospital without a pacemaker. So I just want to say God can heal things. There are two signs for you. And um, so is there anyone that needs a miracle? Make your way up. If not, come on up. We just want to, uh, we're going to need some of our ministry team uh, to pray uh, for these. What we're going to do is we're going to ask God for the impossible. Oh, wow. There's a lot of you that need miracles. Um, I'll do a group prayer. Then we'll have the team. Now, here's, here's the issue. One of those um, conditions literally got healed in the space of a minute a tattoo got shifted with just a declarative prayer. The other, there was probably three days of multiple intercessors praying for that condition. So there's no formula of what a right or wrong prayer looks like. What we know is God is able to bring miraculous intervention in places we need miracles. Uh, I don't know if you can see it, if those of you are watching online, but there's probably 50 to 80 people up here. And um, the Lord knows each of the miracles that you need. Uh, I don't know if it's health-related, if it's a family member, if it's a marriage, if it's a financial situation. It, it doesn't really matter what it is, God knows. And I felt like we wanted to partner with that, that this is a season where God is about to do unprecedented Miracles that you or others consider to be impossible, that our God can bring you into a promised land, so to speak, against all odds. So Father, right now I thank you, and if you're watching online, put your hand on your heart or wherever you need to. Um, Lord, we ask for each of these, literally dozens here that need a miracle to release a miracle. Uh, I'm not a seer, but I just felt an angel walk in the room. So Lord, angels of breakthrough right now on these that need a breakthrough. Yeah, the Lord's touching these two right here. Thank you, Father, for breakthrough. Just receive this in faith. Yeah, right there. There's angelic, there's angelic beings walking around the room, touching some right now, touching some of you online. Lord, we just declare miraculous release for what's on their heart. Lord, we do not have to strive to make this happen. You can do the impossible. Just release it right now, Jesus. In your name we pray. Just be in a posture of receiving. Do not strive. Just, Lord, I'm a candidate. I need a miracle. 
If God can part the Red Sea and he can part the Jordan River and he can change a tattoo and heal an incurable condition in a heart, he can certainly touch your condition. So Lord, right now, release your fire of, whoa, I feel that on my hands. Right now, release your miraculous touch over these that need it. Again, you may not need to feel anything to know this happens. Um, one of those conditions, the guy felt pain as that was changed. The other just started improving and they actually felt no presence or touch from heaven. It just started occurring. So Lord, we just thank you that whatever they need right now is being released in Jesus' name. Thank you for the release right now. There it is. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the release. Oh, thank you, Jesus. More. Thank you for release. Thank you, Father, for miracles. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for breakthrough in the name of Jesus. There it is. Well, thank you. Sorry. More, God. Just release your miraculous touch for healing. Whoa. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The fire of God touched you. Thank you for miracles, God. Miracles, miracles, miracles. There it is. That's it. Just take it. There it is. More miracles, God. Miracles. That's it. Thank you, Father. Just take it in. That's, that's all the way for you right there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. More miraculous touches, God, all across the room, watching online. Lord, we just thank you for the miraculous, there it is, for the miraculous touch of heaven right now. Breakthrough, breakthrough. We declare breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We're just going to stay here a minute. The Lord's engaging people deeply. Ministry team, make your way around. There's some in the aisle here. We just declare the, the hosts of heaven all the way through the room for everyone that needs a touch right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. More. Thank you. Father, would you move like you did? With the hosts of heaven, when David cried out on the balsam trees, the army of the Lord came. This couple needs our breakthrough right now. Just release it, Father. More. More, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. More fire. Release that miracle. Bear with us, I will preach. We're just gonna release. We don't wanna miss an opportunity for the Lord to touch what he needs to touch. Father, according to their faith, right now release the miracles of the heaven. Thank you, Father. There it is, more. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Father. More. Release your touch, God. On this ear, God, right here. Lord, you want this one well. She has a mighty call in her life. 
complete breakthrough, God. Release the miracles. More for us, God. Fire of heaven. Fire of heaven. So, Lord, I pray for each, for the refreshing presence of God to enfold them. We thank you, Father, for what you're releasing. We thank you for unprecedented miracles in this time. We thank you for entrance into the promises of God. We thank you, Father, for divine healing across the room. We thank you for marriage restorations. We thank you for the breaking off of depression. Lord, I see eyesight and ears getting touched and healed right now. We thank you for the breakthroughs that are taking place for individuals. And we thank you, Father, for the power of God moving through the room. We thank you for your angelic hosts that are releasing heaven's blessing over these. And God, we just trust that you are good and you are faithful and you are completely able. And we thank you, Father, for meeting your people today and these online that are watching Text us if God, you feel a difference in your body or something shifted, something got way God has met you. He's not quite done. Ah, thank you, Father. I may start preaching and you guys can stay and stay for ministry I'm talking about crossing the Jordan and coming into the promised land. I want to talk about preparing to walk through the open door. Many of you did this by coming forward, so you can just stay here. You can sit where you are. You can, but Lord, another wave. I just, he's not quite done. Kara, would you just touch him? Lord's all over him. Thank you, Father. There it is, sir. Just take more of that presence right now. Fire of fires of God right now, Jesus' name, fire of God, that's it, thank you, Jesus, yeah, go ahead, I, I trust you, I'm not, oh, here it is, so the Lord just brought a couple Bible verses, um, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, yeah. believe, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Belief is the key of accessing that door. So God, we just pray right now. We say yes to your word, the promises that are ours, to your word of God that does not return void, God. And the other one I have. Keep receiving. Those of you that are getting touched right now, just take this word in. 
The other one I have is from John. But God, we just pray right now. God, I pray as your beloved daughter, I come alongside our brothers and sisters who love you, God. And together, in agreement, we say yes to what's ours. We say yes to life and life abundantly in the mighty name of Jesus. From the top of our heads to the tip of our souls and everywhere in between, Father God. I pray life into these hearts, God. Life into our minds, God. That our thoughts may be your thoughts. God, we pray that every part that needs to be physically healed would come into alignment now in Jesus' name. Healing is ours and we grab hold of it. It is the children's bread. God, we thank you for what you did 2,000 years ago. You already answered and have an answer for every single prayer that is up here, God. God, we thank you. We thank you that you have got everything that we need. Everything that we need. You already have. And we access that, God, with our faith. We access that. And God, if there's anyone here who says that they need that faith, God, we pray that you would strengthen those who have unbelief right now. We thank you, God. And we pray that through all of this, God, your son would be glorified. Your son would be glorified and everyone would be able to walk away with this radical testimony. Yes, Lord. We thank you, God. We love you. Thank you. So, Father, as I move into the scriptures right now, I pray that the scriptures would literally soak those watching us online and in the room, that you would activate the miracles of coming into the promised land, the promises of God. Lord, it's time that we come out of the desert wanderings and the place of dryness and the desert, and we cross over and we, Yerash, we dispossess the enemy to possess what God has called us to possess. So Lord, I thank you for what you're doing, even now with your people, what has been transpiring. And uh, Father, I, I just, and I, even as I preach, you're welcome to continue to just receive ministry. Ministry team, you can minister. Uh, you can watch it later. The Lord's not finished. A number are still getting significantly touched right now. Lord, I thank you for finishing the work in the name of Jesus. Joshua 1.11 says this. The Lord said to Joshua, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare yourselves for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. This issue of crossing into the promised land, the promised land is more than a geographic location. In the time of Israel, it was a geographic spot on the earth that God said the people of um, Abraham could have as an inheritance. However, it is also, it was promised to his descendants. 
And it was a spiritual territory as well as a physical territory. It's a theological concept in both the Old and New Testament. It's a place where God's people come into the promises and Jesus or God is established as king and the king does miraculous things on behalf of the people. So the land was conquered and taken when the Lord himself was king. The commander of the Lord's army walked into the land and the walls of opposition like in Jericho fell down flat and they, they dispossessed the, what the enemy was squatting on and they took over the territory that God had assigned to them. So I just declare that is happening. It's a real territory. It's a metaphor of things that Jesus is doing with the body of Christ right now to bring the kingdom into our lives and city. Thank you, Father. Don't be distracted by the sounds. <laughs> There's just so much happening. And we thank you, Father, for finishing your work and the touch that you're doing on individuals and marriages and those watching online, Father, we thank you. Increase. I pray that it would sweep like a mighty wave from the front to the back, from side to side, and catch us in what you're doing. God said to Moses, I'm taking you out of bondage to the world, your slavery, your oppression, your mistreatment, your prison. I have forgiven your sins. I have called you my own, and I've set my love on you out of all the peoples of the earth. You will be for me a kingdom of priests, and I have covenanted to be your God and to make you successful. I am promising you a new life, a new identity, purpose, and prosperity. I'm giving you a land. In a sense, he's saying you won't need to start over because I am, I've set my love on you, and you are my people. Just rest and believe in my promises. Trust in me, and surely you will receive my inheritance. Why is it important that we come out of Egypt, go through a desert where we learn to worship the Lord, and then cross into the promises? It's a metaphor, it's a picture of people that come out of bondage to the world system and oppression, what the devil oppresses. The Red Sea parts at the command of the Lord, and they cross into a place where they learn to worship the Lord, where the tabernacle is established. There's a pillar of of fire by day and a or cloud by day and fire by night. And there's, there's manna that falls from heaven. There's water that comes out of a rock. And of course, that rock is a picture of Christ. And they are led there. And the issue is God says, I will give you a land. And they will, you will occupy houses you did not build. You will occupy things that you did not create. It's a land of milk and honey, meaning it's of full provision. It's of answers from heaven, says in Deuteronomy 11, in Egypt, you just scraped the ground and the, the Nile River and the Goshen Delta just watered your fields. But in the land I'm sending you, it depends on rain from heaven, on rain from heaven that literally falls from heaven and satisfies. And you don't need to dig cisterns that don't hold water, but you wait on the rain from heaven and God will provide so this was the promise, but the problem is what the desert does, it does several things. The desert teaches us to worship God. It shows us his miraculous provision and his ways. And it, call, it takes the Egypt out of us and calls us to radical faith. 
The people that did not believe could not enter into the promises. So I'm going to read to you Numbers uh, 13, starting at verse 26. I just love the sounds of the kingdom. So awesome to me. Thank you, Lord. More increase. <laughs> uh, 13 verse 26. What happened is he, Moses said, I want you to send 12 spies. Get a leader from each of the 12 tribes. I want you to go into the land I promised to give you. I want you to spy it out. I want you to see what's there. Now the Lord did that to show them that indeed it was a land of milk and honey, but he also showed them there were giants in the land. The people of Anak, from which Goliath came from, they were rumored to be 10 feet tall, heavy, strong. And actually, they found bones of this in, in Israel, these giants that lived there. And they were great walled cities that were impenetrable to a small army that has been living in the desert and come out of Egypt with just gold and silver, the plunder of Egypt. And he said, go in and spy out the land and come back and report. The, the, the invitation was, will you believe I'll take you into the promises or will you not believe? And so what happens, here it starts in 13 verse 26. So they saw the land and they gathered you know, figs and, and pomegranates and a cluster of grapes that was so large they had to carry it on a pole between two people. And they came back to Moses and Aaron, all the congregation of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and said to all the congregation, showing them the fresh fruit of the land. They told them and said, we went to the land where you told us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites in the mountains, and the Canaanites by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan River. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, now listen to the good report and the place of faith. Let us arise and go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who'd gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. They, give the children of, they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they'd spied out, saying, the land through which you have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw are men of great stature. Then we, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak that came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. So all the congregation responds to the bad report. Chapter 14, verse 1. They lift up their voices and cry out. And the people wept that night. And all the Israel, children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, if only we died in the land of Egypt, if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, he's our hero in this next book we're about to dive into. The son of Nun and Caleb 
the son of Jephunneh, who were amongst them and spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to the congregation of the children of Israel and said, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But here's the response of the congregation. They said, stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children. What happens next is God says, these people are rebellious and stubborn. I'll make a new nation through you, Moses. And Moses intercedes to ask for their sin to be forgiven. He forgives them their sin. But the outcome as it closes is, those that did not believe will wander for 40 years in the wilderness until they all die off. None of them shall come into the land of promise because of their unbelief. But Joshua and Caleb are men of a different spirit. And they have faith. I will be with them and they will help lead my people in taking the land. That's what happened. Joshua brought them into the conquest. Caleb took Hebron and the southern, the Amorite territory, uh, took that over when they came into the land. You can read about it in Joshua and Judges and we'll get to it in a couple of weeks. It closes this way. The carcasses of you who have complained against me will fall in this wilderness. All of you who numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun, you shall no, by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. But your little ones whom you said will be victims, I will bring them in. And they will know the land which you have despised. I'll leave it there. Let me tell you why that matters to us today. 1 Corinthians 10 comments on this. I'm just going to read it to us. Somewhere is 1 Corinthians. Let me find it. Moreover, brothers, I do not want to, 10 verse 1. I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud of the Lord's glory. All passed through the sea, that would be the Red Sea. All were baptized into Moses and in the cloud and in the sea. That phrase means they were baptized or immersed in the experiential reality of a mighty God who moved with plagues and signs and wonders and destroyed Egypt and set his people free by following the cloud of his glory and his presence and by following the leader that God had sent. And in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, that would be the manna, and all drank the same spiritual drink, that would be the water from the rock. They drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Verse six, now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil, things that they also lusted after, 
that they should not become idolaters as some of them were. And as it's written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose and to play. So what happened here is in the book of Numbers, it actually recounts how they actually played harlot with the women of Moabite. And they actually gave themselves to the golden calf in Exodus. And they gave themselves to false idolatry and they disbelieved that God could bring them into the land. Nor let, nor let us commit sexual immorality. This is the Moabite women, as some of them did. In one day, 20,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them were also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. This is the serpents. When the, the serpent was lifted up on a bronze staff and all who looked at it were healed. It was those that had complained against leadership and had grumbled against God. God sent a plague and he's, he's kind of recounting all the history of the book of Numbers uh, and Exodus, what took place. Uh, nor complained as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. All these things happened as an example and were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. That would be now in Christ. The end of the age is upon us because of Christ. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands strong take heed lest he fall. No temptation or trial, it's the same word, uh, perismo, which means to be tempted or tested, has overtaken you, except is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tested or tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to stand up under it. It says bear it. Uh, and the, the word hupomone is talking about standing up under the weight of that opposition. So it's an example to us. And I want to say the people of God are coming out of the wilderness and they're crossing the Jordan into the promised land. There's a faith that is arising in the body. There's a movement of the Lord to bring us in. And it's not time to be looking at what the enemy looks like, the giants of the land. It's not time to look at the walled cities and the opposition and the things that we fear and the things that seem impossible, but to actually believe the promises of God. God said he would bring us in. Surely he will do it. Do you see what's at stake? It's a picture in the natural because God brings us out of Egypt when we're saved through a baptism in Jesus Christ. We learn to worship him and to follow his ways, but then there's a time that he takes the people of God into the fullness of his promises to extend the kingdom, to arise up and to dispossess what the enemy is squatting on and to take the land where it sets up Jesus or God as king. And to do that, we move in faith and we get out of the wilderness wanderings. We do not want to go back to Egypt, but we want to go in to possess the land. And it says the Lord is giving that to us. It's actually a prophetic perfect in Hebrews, in Hebrew, the Hebrew language. The, the prophetic perfect works like this. I have given it to you already, but I'm saying it in present tense. I'm giving it to you, but it's already accomplished. So just arise and go take. And the word take is yarash, which means go up and dispossess the enemy. Take what is yours. And what we heard last week, Teresa said, it's time for the church to arise and take her place. 
to make declarations over the city and watch God move and move supernaturally as he did in the time of Moses and Joshua where the Jordan River parts and the Red Sea parts and miracles and signs and wonders as he judges the nations that are evil, he will establish the people of God in worship and in intimacy and take them into the promises. This is the picture of that. Hebrews 3, to just kind of finish this out, says it remains for us to walk in this. Here's how it starts in verse 7 of Hebrews 3. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of the trials in the wilderness where your fathers tested me and tried me and they saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they've not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they will not enter my rest. Verse 12, brothers, beware lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Jesus Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. And then he repeats it. Chiastic arrangement for those of you in the Bible class. <laughs> Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom he was angry 40 years, was it not those who sinned, who, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear they would not enter his rest? But those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of their unbelief. Chapter four, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, to enter the Lord's rest means God does it, we don't. He accomplished this work in his power, we can't do it in our power. That's why we need unprecedented miracles and we need the breakthrough of God because God does it, we don't. It's the picture of entering and he says, let us not fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to them as well, but the word which they heard did not profit them, being mixed with faith by those who heard it. For we uh, who have believed do not enter rest as he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my breath. Although the works of Christ, I'm gonna add that in there, were finished from the foundation of the world, he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. He's painting the picture. If God rests, meaning it's completed, we need to rest in Christ and enter into the completed work which has been done since the foundation of the world. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. That's the, the unbelief. Again, he designates a certain day, and he quotes David, saying in David, today, after such a long time, have you not heard it, has it not been said? Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, 
then you would not afterwards have spoken of another day. There therefore remains a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest himself is also seized from his works as God did from his. Verse 11, therefore let us be diligent to enter that rest. The doorway is a doorway of rest into the fulfillment of the promises of God by his ability. Let us not be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is powerful, living and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart, and there is no creature hidden from its sight. All things are naked and open to the eyes of him who must, we must give account. Then it talks about our great high priest. I'm sorry this is a sober word today. I get it. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, guess who? Who passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore boldly come to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace, which is God's operative power on our behalf to find help in our time of need. Do you see the invitation, the picture? The desert, I don't have a clock on the screen back here, so I I can't actually see. It's 11.40, I didn't realize how late it was. So we took quite a bit of time with ministry. I'll tie it up, but um, I'll get my watch out so I can see it here. I see the clicker here. Is that it? Do I just click it and turn it on? Yeah. It's okay. You know what? God's bigger than all our things we can't see and do. Let's just summarize this in a couple ways. I'm going to make some points, and we're going to do ministry. The Lord showed me two groups of people that need ministry in addition to those that we just asked for miraculous provision and grace. The picture is this, Egypt is a place of bondage to the world system. When we accept Christ, we cross the Red Sea and we enter into covenant with the Lord. It's called the Passover. The angel of death passes over us. We now have new life in Christ. It's in his body and blood. It's a promise of the marriage supper of the lamb. We're now in covenant with the Lord and we become a, a, a royal nation, a holy priesthood priest of the living God and Jesus is king and there we learn the ways of God that in spite of 40 years God provides food and water and they never lacked post salvation there's a time that we need to be in the desert to learn intimacy with God and the faithfulness of God and the surety of his promises to get rid of the Egypt in us so we can enter in through faith. And that brings us into the promises of God. So let me just tell you about the desert for a minute and kind of give you some thoughts. By the way, the desert, 
the word deber and debar, midbar is desert. And it comes from the root word deber, where God speaks. The word deber means speak. So in the desert, God speaks. Part of the reason that many of us has been thrown into the desert is so we can hear God speak. It's in the desert that God spoke to Moses at a burning bush. It's in the desert that God spoke to the people from the thunder and lightning on the mountain. And where God spoke to Moses on the mountain and gave him the commandments and spoke about the worship in heaven, the divine tabernacle, which was a picture. And where God and Moses had the exchange and said, God, your presence needs to go with us and now show me your glory. So God, I, I just want to say this. God has brought many of us into a desert so that we learn to hear his voice. This is why we're hearing, as you enter the promises, do not forget the voice of the Lord. And if you still need to spend time cultivating hearing, I'd suggest it's a good time to do that. Because that's the purpose of the wilderness. And once the wilderness, they came out of the wilderness, the manna stopped, the, fire, the pillar of fire stopped, the, the, the quail stopped, everything stopped because they then needed to harvest in the land that they were sent to. That comes from learning to hear the voice of God in the wilderness. Second thing is God initiated the desert. That means he brought them out of Egypt and put them into a desert place where they needed to learn that man does not depend on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's Deuteronomy 8.3. And that as they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and their clothes did not wear out and their shoes did not wear out, that God is faithful and he will bring people into the promises so that when they come into the promises, they will learn. This is Deuteronomy 8. That they did not enter by their own strength, but by the God who enabled them. The desert teaches us that we are to be um, recognizing that God, if I don't have a miracle, I can't possess this. And when we see the miraculous provision, when we come into fullness, we will not get pride in our hearts and say, we have done this by our own hands we will recognize it's the God who gave us the ability to produce wealth. It's God who gave us the promises. It's God who dispossessed our enemies. It's God who gave us the land. Therefore, I will continue to depend on him. By the way, when Satan tempted Jesus, Jesus' response was quoting out of this text and others in Deuteronomy, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And he three times quotes from Deuteronomy in this whole context to say, I learned the lesson of the desert. Where was Jesus? 40 days in the wilderness, in the Judean wilderness. Why? Because he repurchased what the 40 years was lost to Israel. You get the prophetic picture. 40 years lost to get the unbelief out of them so they could enter in faith. And Jesus is 40 days fasting in wilderness, depending on the Lord. And he defeats the devil by saying, God said, God said, I don't care what the doctors say that you can't have a tattoo spontaneously change, but God, I don't care that it's impossible to have a stage three heart block heal itself, but God, God said, 
We also have a different kind of desert. We have sometimes self-chosen deserts where we actually choose to get alone with God. We actually choose to retreat to a place where we can hear the voice. It's what we call fasting. It's what we do sometimes to get away and say, Lord, my life is chaotic. My life is focused on what the world is screaming at me. I need to hear your voice. Therefore, I'm choosing a desert, a midbar, so I can hear your voice afresh. But there's also unwanted deserts where as a result of our character deficiencies and our sin, we actually throw ourselves for another lap around Sinai. We have our unbelief, we have our things that keep us from entering, and we blame God and grumble against him when we've not entered, and actually part of the problem is we've chosen a desert ourselves. We tend to think of a desert in negative terms. It's usually because we associate it with discipline and judgment. But here's the deal. God leads us into a desert because it's for our own good. It trains us to hear his voice. It produces faith in us so that we might have perseverance and the ability to cross our Jordan and see the walls of Jericho, the impossibilities collapse when you march the presence around it, by the way, if you know the story, we'll get to it. So I'm actually personally encouraged that it's been a, a three-year COVID desert season. We learned it's back to Jesus. It's back to our first love. It's not programs that will heal us, but it's raw intimacy with God. It's knowing his ways. It's trusting in his ability. It's trusting in his faithfulness. We need this because if the world is shaking at the same time we're taking land, our eyes can't be on the shaking. They have to be on the author and perfecter of our faith, the commander of the Lord's army. So I'm actually encouraged. By the way, it's in the desert that um, God's word becomes tangible and real. I just feel like I want to prophesy over that young man, we'll name him Greg. Lord, you created him, Greg. He's confused because he thinks you're confused. I thank you that he's been in a wilderness and that he heard your voice this last 10 days. Lord, keep screaming. Let him hear. Lord, I thank you that you confounded doctors, that what's impossible to be healed has been touched by the prayers of the saints. Lord, we say that we want to walk in covenant obedience. We will not fail to enter rest as they did in the wilderness. We will not disobey by not arising and going in and dispossessing. We'll actually step up because you are faithful and we don't care what giants we face. We will not take offense at you. We will not take offense at leaders that have given bad report. 
we will not take offense at the culture around us. Our eyes are on the commander of the Lord's army. Lord, we want to be like Joshua. We want to have a spirit of faith. By the way, do you know how Joshua got that? Exodus 33, 11. Let me read it. It's powerful. We all think it's Moses, but Joshua was Moses' aide. At all the places that Moses went on the Mount of God, Joshua was there. It says in um, Exodus 33, 11. Moses is in the tabernacle. Verse 11, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. The, the, the cloud, the pillar came in front of the tabernacle of, of his, Moses' tent and God would speak to him. And then Moses would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, did not depart from the tabernacle. Right. <laughs> he spent time in the presence and therefore he knew who his God was. And he was capable of being that transitionary leader that would lead the people into the promised land. His name was christened Hosea, but Moses renamed him Yah from Jehovah, Yahoshua, Yahoshua, Joshua. God is my salvation, not just salvation. So the Joshua that takes us in is God is our salvation. Do you know that's the prefigure of Christ, Jesus? We say Yeshua today if you're in a messianic congregation. That's the Hebrew Joshua. Jesus is God is my salvation. He is the one taking the land. He has gone before us. Joshua trusted in God's presence. God, Joshua trusted in God's promise. Joshua trusted in God's supernatural ability on his in-end intervention. Joshua trusted in God's faithfulness. Joshua trusted in God's calling and pleasure with him. And Joshua was willing to go into the land in spite of great opposition. So my question to you today is, have you left Egypt? Some of you watching some of you here possibly have never taken that first step of believing Jesus and stepping out of Egypt. I'll give you an opportunity in a moment to do that. Some of you have actually gone back to Egypt and you need to renew your faith with the Lord. You've backslidden because the journey in the desert felt hard. It was dry, there were serpents, the water seemed lacking. Things didn't quite work out the way you thought. And you've kind of punted and gone back to Egypt. It may not be a full life of sin, but it's, it's giving yourself to lesser things. So there's gonna be an invitation to come back out of Egypt. The second thing I wanna ask by way of application is, will you continue to waste time in the desert through your own disobedience, sin, idolatry, or unbelief. The third thing I want to ask is what giants are you afraid to face? Is it, well, Lord, I asked you this and it didn't happen. I, I can't do that again. Or is it, Lord, that's an impossibility. I've never seen that happen.
or you'll do it for everyone else, but not for me. That's kind of an unbelief thing. What's the giant you're afraid to face? Fourthly, do you believe God will bring you into his promises? I'm just asking the question. And then fifthly, are you grumbling against the Lord by complaining about your circumstances? Out. That's kind of stuff they did in the wilderness. So there's two groups of people I want to minister to as we close. Um, I realize it's about noon. There's some that are in Egypt presently or have gone back to Egypt and you need to either accept Christ or renew your, renew your faith. I'll just be unapologetic and we're, we're gonna put up a salvation banner that's sitting over here and we'll invite you to come to that spot and there'll be people to minister that. The second is some of you need strengthening in your faith and encouragement. It's why I felt like releasing two, two amazing testimonies this week it's why I felt um, like we're just gonna go for it. By the way, those of you that got ministered to today, I'd like to hear the testimonies. Send it to the church, one of our staff. We'd like to hear what God has done. We'd like to hear what's happening. But some of you still need to muster courage. You'll see when we get to Joshua chapter one next week. God said, have I not given you the land? Everywhere you tread your foot, I've given it to you. Therefore, be strong and courageous, Joshua. Meditate night and day on these words. Have I not given it to you? Be, therefore, be strong and courageous. Some of you need that impartation of strength and courage and faith right now. And so that'll be the second group. I'm just gonna invite you to come down to receive fresh faith and encouragement um, to begin to actually believe God for the promises. And to be honest, I've been in that place many times myself. And um, I don't feel like I'm there right now. But there's nothing to be ashamed of if you're there. Just be willing to come forward. So let me close this in prayer. We'll invite those that where we're, um, John is standing that wanna either rededicate your life to the Lord or come out of Egypt. You, you maybe found yourself in bondage to sin. You've fallen into some places and you just need, you need to get out. This will be that place. And then for the rest of you that just need courage to step forward, to actually arise and go in and take the land. We'll pray for you like everywhere else. So Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the testimonies we've just heard today. I thank you for ministering to your people today. I thank you for your faithfulness. And we, as we close, we ask you to give us the grace and the courage we come to your throne of mercy and grace and ask you to help us enter into the promises in all of our fullness. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's put some music on back there. We're gonna invite people that wanna get some sin issues broken, get out of Egypt for the first time or rededicate over here. And maybe we'll have a couple join John. We'll see what's happening there. The rest of you that would just like an impartation of courage and grace we're gonna invite you to make your way to the front here and I'm gonna invite the ministry team. Um, the, uh, those of you coming to the newcomer's lunch, it'll be about um, 10 or 15 minutes in the great room. That'll be as you go out the doors to your left. There's gonna be a set of doors open, probably one of the staff greeting there. So some of the staff is gonna slip out of uh, our prayer time. We're gonna invite the ministry team to come up. Um, Jeff, I might have you oversee that. And we're just gonna invite ministry team people now to come. 
begin to pray for some of these for courage and strength. You can pray for that group. Jim, I know you gotta go. Bless you. What do you Carol, what are you looking at me? You need something? Come pray for the folks here. Just a minute. Let me, I need to get this set up. Um, I need some more ministry people here today. Dave and Barb, I see you guys. Brian and Dina, if you guys would be willing to pray for people. I'm just gonna call on some of you. If you guys would be willing to pray right there, you can bring your kids if you like. Just come pray for these. Father, I thank you for these that are coming for courage right now. Coming for strength and for grace. I ask for your strength. Guys, when you're coming to pray, just come make your way. There's a whole bunch on this side closer to the wall that still don't have people praying for them. For the rest of you, God bless you. We'll see you uh, next Sunday. Bring a friend. Be encouraged. We'll be in Joshua 1 next week. God bless you.